Our scripture lesson for this morning comes from Hebrews in the 11th chapter, verses 29 to the 12th chapter, the second verse. You can find that on page 226 of the New Testament portion of your pew Bible. Let us listen together to God's word to us this day. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as if it were dry land. But when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after it had been encircled for seven days. By faith, Rahab the prostitute did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had received the spies in peace. And what more should I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel and all the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched raging fire, escaped to the edge of the sword, won strength out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received their dead by resurrection. Others were tortured, refusing to accept release in order to obtain a better resurrection. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned to death. They were sawn in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, persecuted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and in caves and holes in the ground. Yet all these, though they were commended for their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better so that they would not, without us, be made perfect. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely, and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Will you join us me in prayer? Loving God, please silence in us every voice but your own, that we might hear you. For God, you are our strength, our rock, and our redeemer. Amen. Well, three things for the younger folks in the room and those who find it helpful to be listening for something to be listening for. The first, what is my work? The second, why do we come to church? And the third, how many times do I say world? So three things to be listening for. This text from Hebrews refers us back to the story that we talked about last week, the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt through the middle of the Red Sea. This week's framework for the story is one of faith. In faith, the Israelites followed Moses and therefore God's commands, and God was with them. The author of Hebrews, who may have been Paul, though there is not consensus in the academic community about that, but the author of Hebrews lists many stories and people that the hearers of this text would have been familiar with. The falling of the walls at Jericho, 
leaders and prophets of the community like Samson and King David and even women who went to Jesus' tomb on Easter morning. The author doesn't stop there, but continues to list unnamed people who had suffered because of their faith and yet didn't let go of it. Professor Dr. Bethany Solariter writes, the saints of the Hebrew Bible recounted in chapter 11 lived and died long before, but the author of Hebrews feels that the current righteous action of believers enriches their legacy. Although they are long since dead, part of the promise of their lives is realized in the present. The current righteous action of believers of us enriches the legacy of the cloud of witnesses that has come before us. I can't decide whether I love that or if that feels like way too much pressure. My spiritual director in Pennsylvania always gave me a blessing at the end of our time together, and she would send me out with a little slip of paper. I have one on my bulletin board in my office here that's a quote from Mary Oliver. My work is loving the world, which is mostly standing still and learning to be astonished. I don't remember the moment or the reason that she gave me this particular blessing, but I've kept it posted for several years as a reminder of the work that I am called to do. Loving the world has felt like difficult work lately, though if I'm honest, it's always been difficult. There are things going on that are alarming, disconcerting, scary, worrisome, infuriating. I don't ever want to hear again the words, breaking news, there has been a mass shooting in fill-in-the-blank city, and yet I know I will, more times than I want to count. I don't want to read the headline, give me your tired and your poor, who can stand on their own two feet, or major changes to protections for endangered species that aren't actually helping endangered species. I don't want there to be a growing water crisis in the global south or in Flint, Michigan, or a typhoon in China, or a Taliban attack, or an outbreak of Ebola. I don't know how to love that world without being completely overwhelmed by the magnitude and the multitude of problems that God's children and creation face on a daily basis. These kinds of stories leave me feeling hopeless, like there is nothing I can do to make a change, to make a difference, to put a dent in the sorrow and suffering and injustice of this world. But when God formed my inward parts and knitted me together in my mother's womb, as the psalmist says, it was this world that God brought me into. This world in which I have brought my children into. This world in which I have found beauty and love and deep connection. This world which, if I can stand still for long enough, is full of things that can disturb me, but even fuller of things that can astonish me. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen, says Hebrews in the beginning of the 11th chapter, before it goes on to list many more examples, even more than we read this morning, of siblings who had this faith. We don't walk in this world alone, and we don't walk in our faith alone. That's why we come to church, 
to be reminded that we're not in this alone. We are a community of people seeking to be in relationship with God and with one another and seeking to love the world. It's not easy. It's not easy to trust in God's grace and God's justice and God's mercy when we turn on the news, and yet that is precisely what God continues to ask us to do. Now, that doesn't mean we can just sit back and wait for God's peace to kick in. No. We can't just try to love the world from afar. We have an active role to play. Take the story of Rahab, for example. Rahab was a prostitute in Jericho, not a person one would typically look to in matters of faith or who would be respected in her context or our current context. And yet Rahab had heard the story of the Israelites crossing through the Red Sea, and she came to believe in the Israelites' God, in Yahweh. The Lord your God is indeed God in heaven above and on earth below, she says to the men who were sent by Joshua to scout out the city as she hides them and then sends them on to safety. Rahab took an active role in the life of faith she was developing. And because of that, the course of history was changed and her life was spared. And the seemingly insignificant woman is known to us and remembered by name here in the book of Hebrews and the book of Joshua and also in Matthew's genealogy of Jesus. The unlikely character is often the one God calls upon to live out their faith in a public and world-changing way. You and I are pretty unlikely too. And we are often unaware of the ways in which how we live our lives has an impact on the world. But it does. Hearing the stories of Rahab and the Israelites crossing through the sea remind us that throughout history, God has been present with God's people, guiding them through difficult moments and making a path for them, offering new life alongside challenge. And while Rahab's story is a fast-moving one in terms of biblical time, it only took seven days for those walls to come tumbling down, the Israelites... God's chosen people, as the scripture tells us, ended up wandering around in the desert for 40 years. While that sounds terrible, that part of the story can also be comforting on days in which which it seems like nothing will ever change. It's a reminder that hope does not need to be lost even if it's hard to see. Our faith is not one of immediate gratification. In fact, that we must wait to see change actually solidifies and increases our ability to have faith, faith being the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. So loving the world, that's one that takes the arc of a lifetime to accomplish. Achieving equity and equality in our country, that takes decades, perhaps centuries. And discouraging as that sounds, it doesn't mean it will never happen, and it doesn't mean we can just throw in the towel. We must keep walking, following God's lead and looking to Jesus as both pioneer and perfecter of our faith. 
We must continue to put one foot in front of the other, even if we're not sure that the next step will be on dry land. When we walk with Jesus, we do not walk alone. We are surrounded by a cloud of named and unnamed witnesses who have trod this road before us. And we must continue to seek out that promised land that our actions might enrich their legacy and so on and so forth through generations to come. This is the world that we were brought into and that we have brought our children into and that they will bring their children into. God has been, is, and will continue to be with us. But we can't stop walking. We must continue with persistence, with perseverance against all odds to believe in the one who has named us and claimed us and called us forth into the hope of this never-ending love. We must continue to listen and to learn and strive and weep and lament and celebrate and seek support and mess up and try again because it is with faith that we join with others in walking this path in the steps of Jesus, the one who for the sake of the joy that was set before him endured the cross, disregarding its shame and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. It is with this faith that we too will find new and eternal life. Alleluia and amen.